As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode of Sewing Out Loud is brought to you by the Made to Measure Leggings class from SewHere.com. This online class brings ZD right into your sewing room to show you how to measure, draft, and construct a pair of leggings based on your personal measurements. Go to SewHere.com slash leggings to find out more and get access to all the videos and course materials immediately. That's SewHere.com slash leggings. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And today we're going to talk to you about selling a used machine. Okay. I, yeah. You know, we've talked about buying we've a used. We've actually done that. Yeah. But we've talked about buying a used machine on the podcast, but we've never talked about the process of selling it. This episode is going to be full of helpful tips and a couple of horror stories. So <laughs> it's going to be so fun. Yes. Uh, so anyway, sometimes when you're going to buy a new machine, um, let's talk about trading in machines, right. I guess, is a little... That could be its own episode. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's just like anything else. Like, mm-hmm. if you buy a car, do you trade your car in that you have, or do you sell it outright, or you know? Yeah. And there are positives and there are negatives. So there are pros and cons. If you trade in your machine, you might go in and be so sad at the amount they offered you for the right. trade in. And generally, generally, you can get more yourself. Right. Okay. Um, now that does not mean that your dealer is being unfair. The dealer has to make some money. You yeah. know, they can't. So here's what's going to, here's what happens a lot of times to the dealer. They take your machine in on trade and they haven't made one dime. Right. Even though you think you gave them money and your machine, that money just paid, paid maybe just... what that cost them to have the machine there or whatever. And you know, okay. I think maybe some dealers, we were a small dealership, right? right. Like. You know, in the grand scheme of things, I guess we weren't one of the huge ones who had like a monopoly over the entire state or something like yeah. that. Uh, 
But yeah, I could not afford to go into the red on a trade-in. Right. We could not afford to go into the red on a trade-in. So especially if someone, this is why we say to buy the most machine you can afford. Right. Especially if someone wanted to come in and make a trade up. Right. To like a machine that was only like uh, a, a third or 20% more. Yeah. You know, or something like that. I would be like. And now we we did, didn't we have some policy that was like within thirty days we did have a thirty have day, a we did have a thirty day policy that if in thirty days you decided that you wanted to buy more machine we gave you full credit on yeah. your machine but we could also sell that machine as almost brand new almost we can new. say this went out for thirty days you know um, it it was not like a used machine that had been out that had been used that showed wear. That had lots of miles on it or whatever. Right. And we, right. we like, had had contact with it from the factory right. and then to the person. And right. Back. We knew the machine. We knew how it had been treated. Yeah. So that was, there's that. Now, when the ovation came out and there was that big wave of mm-hmm. serger trade-ins and new purchases, those used self-threading, self-tensioning baby lock sergers, I felt like I knew were going to go out pretty fast. Right. So trade-in they was, were like the... Um, a lot of people were happy right. with the trade-in I offered them, and I was able to do that. Right. And so anyway, when you go to it, let's not, I guess, let's well, not dwell and on that too I, much. I mean, but. it's just like anything. Some machines maintain their value, mm-hmm. you know, their market value better than others. Yeah. Okay. Um, a baby lock serger, a self-threader like that, really, really maintains their value. Yes, and they, that's why they are, you know, actually right. a pretty good investment um, right. in that way. So anyway, um, you might not be happy with the trade-in, and we would tell people, we would say, you could get more if you sold this on right. your own. Well, and the other thing is, how long was it going to be on our shelf? Right. If no, we that, knew yeah. we could turn it right over, that made a, be- a big difference compared to how long do we have to carry this machine. Yeah. Right. Now, I could sell those sergers before they came in yeah, the door. Yeah, we did. We'd sell yeah. them. We'd say, we had somebody trading in, you know, an Enlighten or whatever, and it, it was we, it was we could sell it three times yeah. before, right. like, you know, we got it in. We, we'd say, well, we had to clean it before you right. get it. Or, like, <laughs> right. I'll keep your check, you know, right. and then you can, you know, and it will be yours, and then blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that's, that's, uh, that's one scenario. Right. I think that sometimes the sewing machines don't hold their value quite, right. you know, as well because they're a little less unique. They're less know? unique. There's more of them. Right. There's more models, say, yeah. to speak. So, like, you know, there can be three models that are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, they only have a, and they're right in, you know, a very similar price range. So they're more plentiful. Yeah. So, okay, you, let's pretend, though, that you're not going to get a trade-in or you're selling a used machine for whatever reason. What should you do? Okay, well, this this is best practices. This is, like, what I would want somebody to do um, if I was going to buy a used machine from them. Okay. So, you're going to get out the manual. And you're going to gather as many accessories. Original accessories. Original accessories as you can. Um, You know, as a store, we would, like, replenish the needle pack, you know, that was supposed to come with a used machine. But I think from a consumer, I don't know that's absolutely necessary, you know, to replenish a consumable like that. But, like, you want to make sure that I would do it because it's inexpensive. And you can say, look, here you have these five needles or whatever. Yeah, that can be nice. So however much effort you're wanting to put into this, you know. Um, 
there's going to be a foot control. There could be a knee lift. There could be a table. There could be, you know, all of those things. Uh, press or feet? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another reason I'd put, like, the needles in and maybe a seam ripper or the little pair of scissors. You know, the, right. the things that you might not think are important now. That person might be so think, I can take this home and start sewing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's better than thinking, oh, I've got to stop by the sewing store and replenish these things or get these things in order to store. So it may, you know, I think it makes it more um, appealing. Yeah, it can make that, more. That you don't have to do anything to get ready to sew on this machine. More attractive. You know, I would be go, here, I'm going to give you these scraps to go home and play with. I would do that, too. Yeah, I mean, I right. don't know. It depends on what someone wants to do. So, I mean, do as much as you want to do. So, you know, and then we're going to talk about this a little later, like how much contact you're going to have with the person. Right. Uh, So uh, the person you sell it to. So you're going to get together those accessories. And then I think that the best thing that you can do, uh, I guess, depending on the value of the machine is just to get it professionally serviced. Absolutely. It really needs to be clean, service timed. Yes. All that stuff. It, this is the best way to, you've got like this signed, you know, clean bill of health right. for the machine. So you have your receipt and you get to show that to the people. Yes. It works. Now, I don't know if it was a $100 machine from, you know, a big box store and you're right. selling this is kind of a different story. You and know. you're selling it for 20 Don't worry about yeah, it. Don't worry about it. But Clean if it up. If this is a higher end machine, I'd say get it serviced. Um, have that receipt with the right. date on it and your tech, you know, our tech would do a sew out so right. you can have that sew out as well. Um, and that will show people, you know, I got this machine serviced into, you know, to the best of my knowledge, it's working. Um, so then you want to document everything about the machine because probably I'm just going to skew this towards someone selling this through a digital platform. Okay. Now, whether or not you ship it is a different thing, you know, right. but like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, which are like right. local places or local, you know, um, forums or right. something like that. Uh, and then, you know, eBay is something where you, you know, ship it. But you're going to take pictures of the machine. You could even take a short video of like if it has a screen. You could take a video of the right. screen functioning. You could even take a video of the machine sewing. And if it's an embroidery machine... Or, you know, combo machine, one sewing and one stitching something out. Um, embroidery captivates people to watch it stitched out. They this like that. will also protect you. So here's my horror yes. story. It worked okay. when I sold it to you. That's right. So two horror stories, I guess. We had some people come in with a used uh, embroidery machine, and they got it serviced by us. And they said that, like, on the eBay listing, it said it only had, like, 3,500 stitches on it. But then when we got it in, it said it had 350,000. Uh-huh. Okay. That is still an incredibly low number. Right. For, for an embroidery. For embroidery, machine. right. However, that was an inaccurate That's right. description. And those people told us that they got to keep their machine and they got their money back. Wow. 
Because they could dispute the purchase. They could. Because it was not as right. described. So one of the good things to do is there's a screen on yes. that shows your stitch count That's, like that. And if you take a screenshot of that and put it in your ad or whatever, yep. that's documentation. That's the documentation. So I felt like it was sort of unfair to the people I'd never met. To the people <laughs> selling it, yeah. yeah. And when actually it could have been just a typo, a typo. almost. Now, Absolutely. because like the people at PayPal, the people at eBay, right. they don't get it. They don't understand right. what sewing Th- machines are. That's right. They don't understand you know, a misstatement or an act, yes. you know, right. Yes. Because they don't understand the product. So documenting your machine right. is really important. Right. Um, and so I would take, so when, when we're talking about like, oh, embroidery captivates people or this or that right. or the other thing, it also can protect you as a seller. Okay, right. horror story number two. I sold a machine through eBay when we were getting rid of inventory that we were no longer selling, Okay. And I took pictures of, you know, there were, like, some pictures I took all the time. I, I, you know, I can't remember what they all were. It was sort of, like, front of the machine, back of the machine, accessories laid out. Right. You know, maybe. Lay out the accessories. And, uh, you know, I didn't often take video. This is sewing-only machine. It was pretty simple. And it had accessories with it, though, and they were in an accessory case. Right. So it's Christmas Eve, and I've shipped this machine out. And I'm on my way back from a family gathering, like, out of town. And I get a text or an email, I can't remember what it was, from the purchaser of this machine. They're like, the accessories are not with this machine. And they're, like, so angry. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And they're, uh, it's going to be like, I'm the people who sold those other people that machine. And they're going to get all their money back and everything. So I'm just freaking out. Um, I And I made Derek, before we actually went back to our home from out of town, we went to the shop, and I looked around and looked around for this accessory case, and I just could have sworn I packed it, you know. And so I told them that and everything, and they emailed me the next day like, oh, sorry, it was just in the, ba- in the box. Right. <laughs> so what I would do from then on is take pictures as I packed the right. box. Because the sewing machine box designers are very clever, and they put things – Right. Very efficiently. And so sometimes it can be hard to see. Like right. you can take out a piece of foam and there was something in that piece of foam. There there are actually people whose professions are to design those boxes and the foam inserts. I met someone yes. the other day yes. who that's their profession. Yes. They were talking to another small business owner right. I know. And I was like, oh, huh, your job is serious. No, they you are, they're, you know, well, they're coming from overseas. They mm-hmm. get jerked around. I mean, these are packed efficiently and safely. Yes. So uh, maybe we should uh, take a – but, yeah, so I, I'm just saying that, like, my Christmas was ruined almost because I was freaking out so much over <laughs> – like the fact that maybe I didn't pack those tools, but I had, and they were just like, "Oh, no worries." And I was like, "Yeah, you made me have a heart attack. I think I should right. like, put a PayPal claim." Well, on and you. the thing is, is <laughs> send you an invoice when somebody for my heart says attack. it's not there, how can you prove it is? Well, right, and I so mean, uh, yeah, that right. that's very important. And that you know that other that piece of the puzzle. I think we've told this woman's story before, but she got a used machine. This is where we were saying, like, don't buy a used machine online necessarily, or the risk you run is. Right. 
something can happen dur- during shipping and you have no recourse. And since they had sent her a video of it embroidering, right. but then it wasn't functioning, like she had no recourse. So anyway, um, my last point before we take a break is when you buy a machine, it is such a good idea to keep the original packaging. Exactly. And keep everything. Keep the receipt. I mean, you can you know, you, you can, can tell people I paid manual. this for this and you Some know, people I'm kept selling the service, it for this. Service records. Service records. Uh, we we gave a receipt that basically gave um, you know, what we what was done to the machine and the um, our tech would sometimes make a comment, you know, yeah. sewing out well, you know, no problem with buttonhole, whatever. Or, you know, yeah. replace bobbing right. Oh, you got a brand new bobbing right. it's only exactly. Or, you know, it's right. this old or whatever. Um, so you can keep all of those things. You know, this is for machines, especially, I would say, over like the $2,000 mark, right. you know, or something like that. You Where you're getting into like car price territory. Well, right, almost, right. Where people know? feel that, you know, I mean, it's... It, People work hard for their money. Yes, absolutely. So when we would deliver a machine to someone, when they would come into the store and we would do their intro lesson, they would, I I would have the machine, you know, unboxed and all the accessories out. And I would say, would you like to take your boxes home? Right. And sometimes people said yes. And sometimes they said no. And I tried to explain if you need to ship it to a new home or you need to sell it. But this is $50 worth of packing. (laughs) uh, Yeah, right. You know, so it's uh. That's a choice that you can make, but if you do have a place to store it, um, sometimes, like I'm next to the Destiny here, the Destiny would come in this gigantic, almost a cube. Right. It was boxed and boxed. And it was yeah. like a set of Russian dolls. Yes. So there was one big box right. that, the, that encompassed, you know, the Destiny box and its embroidery unit and maybe an accessory box. Right. So maybe you don't need to keep the Gigantor box. Well, sometimes they wouldn't fit in people's cars. Well, right. Yeah. Like like the big box, wouldn't. they had to have the sections. Uh-huh. Right. So, so you could take those out and those would still give you, those were what had the foam right. in it and right. everything. So think about that as you go and buy a new machine, you know, whether or not you're going to keep that I mean, stuff. we also have people say, I have absolutely no place to store yeah, those boxes. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't, you don't. And you could all, now we could we could buy that from Baby Lock. Mm-hmm. We could buy an empty box, an empty yes. foam. Right. Um. So I'm sure any, I, I never really tried to do that from any other sewing machine company, but I right. bet it's something they offered, but it was expensive. Right. It's not it's not no. inexpensive it, at all. It was not a cheap option, but no. hey, you know, if you don't have to store it, if you, don't, if you get to use that right. space for something else, great. Okay, let's take a quick break, and let's come back and talk about kind of like the selling and whether or not you're going to, you know, how you're going to talk to your customer about this. Hey, ZD. Wouldn't it be cool if everyone who listened to this podcast could learn how to make perfectly fitting leggings directly from you, the leggings expert? Well, yes, Mal. That's why we produce the Made to Measure Leggings class. I teach anyone, no matter their age, ability, or gender, to make perfectly fitting leggings based on their measurements. And if someone is feeling particularly generous, they can make leggings for anyone who they can get to stand still long enough to measure. You, yes you, can get immediate access to all the videos and course materials in the Made to Measure Leggings class by going to SewHere.com leggings. This online class allows you to complete the process at your own pace, and you own it forever, so you can re-watch it as many times as you need. 
Stop struggling with the leggings that roll down or sag in the wrong places. I'll be your guide as you create leggings that are made especially for you. No matter what your equipment or skill level, ZD covers everything from measuring, drafting, cutting, and construction on a sewing machine or serger in this class. Go to SewHere.com slash leggings and get started today. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Okay, so when I was selling these machines to get rid of inventory from, like, a brand we no longer carried, I wanted them as far away from us as possible. <laughs> Well, it's I, very hard to um, have aftercare on a machine, right? Yeah. That you do not have access to the manufacturer. Yes. Okay. So I, we had a reputation to uphold locally, you know, like you're probably not a former sewing machine dealer doing this. You know, Um, but we did. And so I didn't want to have, so we weren't going to have contact with that manufacturer machine wise. We weren't going to. We weren't going to be servicing the machine after the sale. Right. They weren't going to have like warranty service with us. And so I wanted these machines to go. Now we're talking about machines that we no longer sell that brand. Yeah. Yes. We no longer sell this brand. And so I wanted them as far away from me as possible. So I put them Or maybe never sold the brand if we took it in on trade. That's true. Right. So uh, anyway, I was, that's why I put those on eBay. Right. Okay. Uh, we like them to go out of town. <laughs> I wanted them to go away. And if you're an individual, you kind of need to think about this. Putting something on to ship it, if you've got the original packaging, you're fine. Right. If you don't, then that can be a huge pain. And maybe you're thinking, oh, local would be right. better. But. I don't know, something about when you sell a sewing machine, people are like, oh, would you sit down and teach me to right. use it? And there are some people who are totally fine with this. Mm-hmm. Um, one customer in particular I know, they did buy their machine from, they would always be like, I bought it from a lady. Like, this is <laughs> I don't know who a, the lady was, you know, but like everybody bought their machine from quote a lady. A lady. <laughs> yeah. 
And she's like, and she sat down and showed me how it worked. And then, of course, she had to come to me for like 65 million private lessons, right. you know. But uh, anyway, that's up to you if you want to offer that to someone. Right. However, I mean, that is not my cup of tea. I would not want to, like, have someone come into my house who I didn't know and sit with them <laughs> and show them how to use the sewing machine. It sounds like, like, like my worst nightmare. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Am I being? Am I, I can being, think of worse things. Am I being dramatic? Uh, possibly. Well, well <laughs> you know, I think what you're dreading. It's not that. It is that someone some sometimes people will pur- purchase something from you and they think they own you. Yes. They think they've purchased you, and that is not what has happened. And maybe an individual wouldn't get that as much as we did at the store. Well, I, maybe yeah, I, I don't know. Great. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I sold a couple of machines when I was not a dealer. I did fine. I sat down. I showed the person one yeah. time how it how to, how to, how to it. work it, how to run it, and I had no trouble. You were okay. Yeah, well, and I told them who the local dealer was. Yeah, that's you so. Know. I, you have that written down, right? It can be nice if you are selling locally, right? To say this is the local dealer. Um, they will have the parts. They right. will have the service. Uh, things like that. Right. And uh, go, uh, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, another thing that can happen. So say, um, you know, I'm. I say I'm going to try and sell, you know, my old baby lock on my own, but I'm buying my new big, bigger baby lock from my dealer. I can ask my dealer, will you give lessons to the person I sell this to or, you know, and will there be a charge on them or how would this work? Now, sometimes if this was a customer that had bought a lot of machines from us right. and things like that, we would say, tell them we would be happy you know, to give them lessons. And also then that person could become our customer. Yeah, that's... You know? that's so it was to our advantage to sometimes... That's exactly, you know, right. what I was going to bring up. So if you, especially if you've come in to a dealer and you're, instead of trading in, they said, hey, you get more for this, you know. Right. Well, yourself. if that's just the decision that's made. Or something right. like that. Right. I don't... You can always ask and, be, you know, be respectful. Right. Say, could I let the person know... You know, it depends on how that dealer right. structures their classes. Sometimes the dealer will say they can come in and for $20 a lesson they can, or yes, they can come in and they can have a lesson. Or they can have one, le- like right. one intro right. lesson. They, you know, it's up to, that is up to the dealer. Right. But it, you might be surprised right. that the dealer might be able to work with you on that. Right. Because, yeah, if someone was coming in and they'd just bought the top of the line then they were going to buy like two more top of the lines right and said, oh, i'll sell this or or you know pass it on or something right. i'd be like sure i'll give that other person a couple of lessons right and, that person, and it was especially easy for the yeah. dealer if it was a machine we were currently right. teaching on yeah. we were tr- currently giving what we called guide lessons yes. on so if it was a recent model machine it was easy for us just to put them in the class with everyone else yeah so do when you're selling your machine check on those details right um now if you are selling a machine and you don't know your dealer from adam you know right and they don't know you and Da, da, da. It's it's not always something the dealer can afford well, to do. And, and in so. that instance, I would tell the buyer, you need to call your local 
dealer uh-huh. with this machine and ask if they give lessons on this right. if you're interested and see if there's a charge or sometimes the dealer's more than happy oh you're getting that machine we have a class like that come right in right right it just it just depends on how it works right. and what their policies are now we did not give free lessons to just anybody that walked off of the streets we you know if if we say we had a customer that went and decided to buy their machine in another town while they were on vacation and they came back i wasn't always happy to give them free lessons okay yeah. and they're actually within within the baby lock system there is a a um, actually a contractual thing where the dealer in the other state sometimes had to pay, pay me back. to teach yep. if she knew if that dealer knew they were selling that machine to someone that was not local, yep. they were responsible for, for providing guide classes in the other area, which meant they had to pay the other dealer for the classes. And that was always such a pain to get done. It was hard. Like, you know, yeah. you had to fill out a form it was hard. and all that stuff. Right. Well, I hate fax machines. So uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> we I don't just, use those so I much anymore. I hate fax machines. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, yeah. So the, those are all things that you could put in the details right. of your sale. Um, if the dealer has promised, you know, lessons or you say this is where you would go for service or something. Because maybe it is somebody who lives just real far away. Right. You know, um, or something like that. So when you um, – you're, you're going to decide – where you're going to list the machine. So the, the places I can think of right now are Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Good place to list stuff, especially if you think it might go local. Um, and then there's Craigslist, which I don't, I don't really use it as much anymore. I mean, because, you know, I have the Facebook app on my phone, so that's very convenient. Right. But uh, there, there is Craigslist, and there's also eBay. Right. Okay. Right. And sometimes your local um, organizations, like your uh, quilt guilds or some or whatever, you know, your sewing. Uh, what's the American Sewing Association? Guild. Guild. Is that what it's called? ASG. Um, they will have a newsletter or something. They will allow you to put something in. There are also Facebook groups. Yes. There's like the Sew It's For Sale right. group, and so people are in there, and you have to list your items, and that's a little. Facebook has it so that you can sell stuff through posts like that. Um, But then you have to join the group and everything. And I used to be in it and kind of watch it and sort of see how it worked and stuff like that. Um, So that is another way you can just post an item for sale. But with all of these platforms, the really important thing to do is to read their rules. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because like... Oh, I don't know. I mean, with a sewing machine, you may not, you know, run into a lot of, you know, weird stuff. Like, you can't sell animals, you know, on Facebook or Craigslist or something like that. So, the dust bunny. No, ha ha. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Make sure all the dust bunnies. Right. So, you need to read the rules. You need to protect yourself. Okay. Um, And then, ZD has written down price. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about pricing in a second, but let's just bring this up about pricing are you going to charge for shipping mm-hmm. if you ship it or are you just going to include that 
in the price. A shipping can be really, really expensive. I would say to send most sewing machines, I was paying in the fifty to seventy. I was going to say range. never less than fifty dollars. Yeah, just budget right. that. And people, okay, this is like a psychology thing. This is why Etsy's offering or incentivizing right. free shipping from from their sellers. People like free shipping. So if right. you're going to price it at five hundred, but then you price it at five forty nine free shipping, you might actually get people who are a little more apt to buy right i think the other psychological thing about that is like you see one price right and you and it it's just like having the needles if you don't have to deal with another detail the fewer details that the buyer has to um process the better off they are really okay pricing i get this is this is a good subject to dig into yeah what what do you what are your thoughts about pricing well first of all just because it's your machine doesn't mean there needs to be a premium on it just because you love it just so you know that this is like selling a house or a car or anything else or because you paid so much for or it maybe you overpaid yeah yeah who knows or maybe you could be in a different market so say in the great northwest machines sell for list price by manufacturer's list price they've been known to sell for more than manufacturer's list price new i'm talking new if you come to the Midwest, that's not happening, okay? So if I bought mine in the Great Northwest and I moved to the Midwest. Yeah, you might get disappointed. I might get a little bit disappointed. Now, if it's the other way around and I bought it in the Midwest, Midwest and I go, I moved to the Great Northwest and I'm selling it, man, I, I, you know, I came out really well. Now, how do you research this, though? Well, okay, so you right. research this by, you can't just go by the listing price. Nope. eBay has, I know, a tool that'll show you what things sold, sold for. Okay, I don't know if Facebook, Facebook I don't know either. Really like you can that. ask whatever you want for your machine. Yeah. But then there is also a fair price, and there's a fair market price usually means what people are willing to pay yeah. for it. Yeah, you okay? never know. Right. It's what people are willing to pay for. I would say that maybe the best time to list a machine is like around the Christmas season. Right. I would. In the U.S. I think October, November November is a good time. I really do. It yes, it's a good time to. I'm not saying you won't get them any other time of Mm -hmm. year, but people are just. It's just how the capitalist society works people are thinking about buying stuff they're they're thinking about buying stuff they're wanting to make stuff they're thinking about what they're going to do for the next year all of that that used to be uh, some of our biggest months oh yeah or you know november and december absolutely so so uh and that's that's just like been proven by all sorts of right it's just the season yes the sewing season that's a good that's a good thing but if you can right if you can find out what the machines do sell for new if you're it's a more current model that's good too, right. um, but you can't. I mean, looking at the listing price is useful too because what if it's a rather rare machine? Right. So if you do see, let's pretend you have some special machine and you see something listed, you know, you could try to price it at that price, right. or you could try to undercut it a little bit right. if it's a scarce resource and you just want it out of your life. You know, um, that the other is- thing is, as an individual, you may not be able to sell it for as much. As a dealer, because a dealer is offering those classes. Oh, a yeah. dealer is offering some 
offering support. They can go to a business and demand that that business rectify anything that goes wrong. As an individual, it's not as easy to do that. And I do have to say, I mean, weird things can happen in this marketplace. Mm-hmm. Okay, someone can die and then they're remaining family gets their machines and right. they have no idea right. and they sell that baby lock and lighten for $200. Yep. You know, we've seen it happen and it's perfectly good machine and they really I knew someone who sold got an Elna Press one to Heinz for $5. It was yeah. brand new. It was uh, like a $400 no, press. Uh, you know, yeah. and those and the people who were selling because it because they didn't, didn't know what it was worth. And well, and, and the other thing that happens though hands. too is in those instances and here we're talking about buying instead of selling again. The, the other thing that can happen yeah. in those instances is you get sold an embroidery machine without an embroidery unit. Yeah. Things like that. Yes. They do, you know, the people do not understand what they're selling. Well, and so I just wanted to I, I wanted right. to bring up those kind of fluky things right. because flukes might happen. Right. So don't think that because you saw an enlightened that sold for $200. That you have to sell yours for that. you have to sell for, sell for $200. Right. Um, and there don't you, think that right. because you see an enlightened listed for list price used right. that it's it will gonna sell, sell for that. Gonna, yes. Well, so there used to be a blue book, just like there yeah. was a blue book price for cars, and that has gone by the wayside. That <laughs> is no longer published, unfortunately. Yeah. But there used to be a sewing machine blue book. And here's the deal. There weren't as many models. The models didn't change as rapidly, and the technology didn't ra- change as rapidly. So it was feasible for people to make a blue book. Right. Now it's, ch- oh, my gosh. It's just so all, you know, it's, it's just such a huge, um, complicated, intric- intricate. Uh, it would be impossible almost right, to right. do it. It's just. Now, we, we used to reference it, and then I started realizing so we had the we had the shop right for like ten ish, right? You know, ten years, ten eleven years, or almost whatever. eleven. I think. And uh, I'd reference it when we first had the shop, but right. then I started to realize like, hey, this looks like fifteen years old. Right. <laughs> I was like, maybe I shouldn't, because there were models in there that we. Well, see, sometimes there, you, know, are, you yeah. know, people were coming in with really old. Are, are, here's here's the other thing that will happen is someone said to someone somewhere yes. sometime, oh, if you have a you know, XYZ 943, that's the best machine that was ever made, and you can get $2,000 for it no matter what. Nice. Well, then list it and see what happens, and but it might not be true. Yeah, you might right. You might find that, that buyer. You might, and but it's not always true. Right. And, and people, oh, the old machines are better than the new machines. No, it just depends on what somebody was looking for. Or, or, and yeah, exactly. So, just know that's why I wanted to bring up because I, I thought, oh, that that person who got that enlightened for two hundred dollars, now that's right. documented somewhere, maybe on a sales platform. Right. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't sell it for that. I would sell well, it. Well, they, than that, you, know, you know, what happened to them is somebody went to Walmart or the, yeah. the Joanns and said, oh, look here, these surgeries are three hundred dollars. Yep, yep. You know, we could probably sell that one for for two. Right. Right. So anyway, just be aware that, you know, weird stuff can happen in the sewing machine market. Now, right. so now your dealer also, if you're, you're, you know, buying from a dealer and you get, your dealer may be able to give you an idea, a ballpark idea of what your machine's yes, worth. So that's someone to ask. Especially if you have that kind of relationship. Right. Um, and, and you can, now also if your dealer has a section of used machines. Right. You can go in there. 
And you can see how they're priced. Right. You could check it out, you know. We used to do a thing. This was years <laughs> ago. And we would have what we called a, a seller's fair. And we would let people bring their machines in all nice. And they'd set them all up. And we'd have three days where people could come in and look at the used machines. What it did was it let that person sell a machine so they could buy a new machine right. from us. So it was to our advantage. Plus, we would also retain those people that bought those used. Right. And we didn't have to carry them inventory. You know, it was, it was a really fun thing. Um, it worked out really well for, we did it like four or five times. Oh, really? You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, that was, I don't remember that. that. I think you were, in, that like was like you were kid. still in college or whatever. Um, but, um no, it, it worked out really well. But you, you had to have the room and time to do that and everything. Yes. But, um Here's the deal. It's not always easy. No, I and you also know, I and would... you have to let people, you know, have access to, to calling you and talking to you. Here's another thing. Don't think you can call up a dealer because you found, you know, you found a baby lock in your your garage or the the house you just oh. moved into <laughs> and think you can call up your dealer and say how much is this worth or will you buy it from me? Okay? <laughs> First of all, if I can't see it, I can't tell you what it's worth. Okay, this should have been the no. This should right. have been the first thing we said. When you're selling a used machine, don't right. sell it to a dealer. Yeah, dealers don't buy dealers used machines. Sell machines. They sell new no, machines. No, there right. might be some. You know, there's going to be some dealer out there who's like, I'd buy it. You know, yeah, but sure they would. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Those people had more more cash floating around. Than we we used to tell everybody. Okay, that we took any trade in, and we did. Didn't we have a bottom line of fifty dollars or something? That something. even as people brought in this piece of garbage, we would give them fifty dollars off their sale. Uh, and it, it had it was over. It wasn't even our. I mean, it was. We'll take a trade in on any machine above this bracket or whatever. Because yes. obviously we couldn't do that couldn't on do a machine that, on that cost one hundred fifty dollars, yeah. right? But um, and then we would have to worry about throwing it away. Yeah, we would have no, to. We had a really great uh, donation. Why right. we had a donation system source. that we did. That was, yes, that was lovely. Um, right. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe some dealer wants to buy a machine from you, but we we're like, no, we sell machines here. Right. We don't buy them. Uh, I would say that if you are selling this higher end machine, don't try to sell it at a garage sale. No. I it doesn't everybody's looking for a bargain there. Right. That you know, you want some kind right. of serious buyer, you know, who's who's doing this. So right. that's not gonna work out uh, as well either. But the other thing too is you want cash or a cashier's check. That's how you want to be paid or um Venmo, uh, Venmo or, or, PayPal. or PayPal and you wanna know the money's there. That's that's a very good Right. Yes. I be, take cash myself. So maybe we should a little caution, like some right. serious caution, not just uh, right. our fun horror stories, but do not take like remote don't you, if, you some, be, if you someone calls up and says, Oh, I know what machine that is, I want it, I'm sending you a check for five thousand dollars plus i'm going to send you another 50 yeah. just for your trouble and if you will cash this check i will have you can cash the check and you can have the money and a person will show up and pick up the item that's a scam yep that's okay a scam. and if there's words misspelled in it it's definitely a scam yeah, you, but that's it, a scam if it sounds too good to be true if they don't want to see it and they want to buy it and they're going to sell you or send you that check and then send you the check for even more than you asked for red flag red flag red flag right okay checks can go through yes and look like they're deposited in yes, your bank yes they account. can 
and then actually get you know have insufficient funds right so, uh, so then you've given your machine to this third party yep who you have no idea who it is and they've taken off with it and okay. so you can also do exchanges like this at your local police station right you can general. meet someone at your police station uh, like in the like lobby. i said cash is the best deal yeah well and there's no transaction fees or anything right. like that you know on cash uh so cash would be the best way to do it uh make that clear now if you sell it online through like ebay and all right. that jazz you you do get protections buyer and seller protections right there so that is a good a good way to do things uh you know if you want those kind of protections but if it sounds too good to be true it's not true and the reason that this comes up is because a lot of the times these are higher priced items right okay so and we would have people even do this to the business they would email uh um oh i've been looking for that exact machine i want it you know i'm sending you ten thousand dollars and just okay uh -uh. Someone actually hang up. Don't talk to them. Right. Do not even respond. Do right. not make. And if someone says, say, okay, so you've got it listed on what uh, marketplace mm -hmm. or Craigslist or whatever. And if they say, I don't really look at my Craigslist very often. I need your personal email. Do not respond. Yeah. Do not respond. They want your email for a reason. They looked on Craig. Think about it. They looked on Craigslist and they found it. And now they're telling you they don't look on Craigslist. Right, right. So, no. You set the terms of how you are going to communicate with these people. They don't set them for you. And I'm just telling you this because this is where people get in big trouble. Yeah, we even had a story of a dealer who, you know, somebody came into the store and said, I just you know, want to buy your most expensive machine. And they ran a credit card. Mm -hmm. Looked like it went through. People got to leave with the machine. And then it turned out that it was a fraudulent charge. Right. Uh, and the dealer had to give all the money back. Right. And didn't have the machine anymore. Right. So that that can happen. Um, that same thing. Well, they probably. didn't have to give the money back. It, they just took that credit out of their account well, basically they never saw the right money. right but they, and yeah. then they lost you know so they but they lost the whatever machine. they had invested in the mm -hmm. machine yes okay well um i hope that that helps you so yeah does that, boy this was no, really was cheerful a, wasn't a downer, it yeah. boy buying a sewing machine is so much fun selling right. ones is even more fun yeah so just make sure you do it in a good place place where you're following the rules you right. know um, everybody follows the rules you and them that's right uh funny story i was looking up airpods on poshmark and Everybody who's selling AirPods on Poshmark, I believe, has stolen them and then is oh, reselling no. them because no one wants to sell them through the platform. They're like, oh, text me. And I'm, and so I keep flagging these people. So now it's like a little hobby of mine when I'm like going to the bathroom. I find people who are doing AirPods and then I report them <laughs> on Poshmark because <laughs> it'll say in their yeah. listing. They like text me for details and that's not against the rules. No. Uh, okay. So now you know one of my little hobbies. Anyway, when you're selling Well, machine, if you text them for details, they now have your information. Well, too. They, they want you right. to like Venmo them outside of right, right, know, right, Poshmark or whatever. Right, they don't want to pay a fee, but also they wind up with. I mean, especially when they ask for like the your personal right um, number uh, or your your personal phone number or your um, email. Yes, yes. So anyway, it's uh it's just just follow the rules, everybody. Okay.
don't take the transactions outside of the platform you're using. Uh, but yeah, I think that pretty much covers. I think we've convinced everybody just to trade yeah, their machine in. Just trade yeah. your machine in. It's fine. It doesn't <laughs> Let matter. Let the dealer sweat it. That's right. That's right. And you know, you are. It, this isn't trade in versus used selling your used right. machine podcast, but kind of is, I guess. You're. You're paying for some convenience. Right. The dealer has to resell that at a profit. So let's pretend this machine you're trading in, the dealer could resell it for $1,200. Mm-hmm. Okay. They can't give you $1,200 for it. They've got to pay to service it. They've got to pay to support right. it. They need to give you 900 They need right. to give you 1000 Whatever. They're going to give you less. However, someone might pay for more for it from a dealer. So all these thought experiments, you right. can run them. Um, and then, you know, some dealers, I guess, I, don't, I think I've talked about this maybe before, so I'm going to sound a little salty. Some dealers would really inflate the prices yeah. of their machines. Yes. In order to be able to, to give bring them way down then. Higher trade in. Right. And I personally didn't enjoy doing the math on those right. things. And then if someone came in without a trade in Right. I mean, it just. We put the prices on our machines too. It was just real there are fishy. people that don't even put the price on their machine. Yeah. And they decide what the prices while they're standing there talking to you. So I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, we I couldn't could, do you it. You know, there's a machine, like let's say there's a machine that I think I could get, you know, even like $10,000 for, you know. Well, um, you know, some schools of thought will have you price it at, you know, 18 so you can give an $8,000 right. trade in. And I just couldn't stomach it. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't do that. No, I just couldn't. And do, sometimes couldn't do it. It's a, it seems to be like a market. Like it depends on well, even. Well, once again, yeah. if you've got, and you know, I just don't think we have the type of customer turnover of no. people trading in and trading in and trading right. in like these other Well, we are did. not. we are not in a big populated area no. either. And yeah, I also didn't right. own every sewing machine dealership in the state. Right. That's true too. So yeah. I had to play by. Right. Not just my right. own rules, but also, yeah, it's still, I was like, ooh. And know. then your family member on the next state over. But anyway. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. Well, yeah, we did. We really, really left you on an up note, everybody. Uh, have a good time have a, sewing. Don't you believe Make in. Make sure you're so happy. Don't you believe in humanity now and like how we've overcome our most base instincts and everything. No, people are terrible. Don't sell anything. No, I. <laughs> and like I said, I'm like, it's my worst nightmare to teach someone how to sew. Like, uh, obviously that's not, I guess, true, you know, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a lovely day. <laughs> ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.